Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you folks who are tuning in to a new episode of Undying Light, a podcast that is dedicated to cultivating scripture, digging out the nuggets of truth, and making them easy for you to listen to. I think I'm going to utilize that logo, if you would, or that slogan going forward. Because really what we've done in the past oh, I don't know, six or eight months here on Undying Light is take scripture and simplify it for you to hear. And we've gone through the book of Revelation verse by verse. We've gone through the book Song of Solomon. We just finished uh, Esther. And uh, I know I had mentioned before the Advent series break that we were going to look at Zechariah. But I'm going to uh, put that on uh, kind of pause as we will use that book when we get to the Minor Prophets. So as we wrapped up Esther, I have this uh, um, this series outline, if you would. And uh, in that series outline, I've listed going through Psalms and Ecclesiastes, and we might look at Proverbs a little bit too. So obviously with Psalms, it's 150 of them, we're not going to utilize all 150, but I do want to hit on the big ones. Uh, we'll talk about the themes, um, and we'll do, you know, uh, we'll, we'll give a demonstration of, of many of them, but we'll, we won't spend 150 episodes on it. We'll spend probably, you know, 10 or 12 and move on. Now that leads us to, uh, the wisdom books really, because I, I feel that with Psalms and Ecclesiastes and Proverbs, I think that it just it just flows better, and and if you really think about it, Job is a uh, book of wisdom as well. So we might even look at that as well. Uh, technically, the Song of Solomon is even considered uh, as a book in the wisdom collection. So uh, we've kind of dabbled through it, and I think they're often 
uh, underutilized um, or misrepresented, as we will soon discover when we get into this series, how people will utilize certain aspects of this book and apply it to their daily life, thinking that, you know, these things have an effect on them. Now, the we'll get into kind of the, you know, the premise of it, but there are things in here that are relevant to the life of a person. That's without a doubt. But I want to make sure that we um, really walk through this book in detail and and try and excavate the truth out of it and make it easy for you to understand. So we're going to do Ecclesiastes to start off with. Uh, and then, like I said, we might um, go to Proverbs or Psalms after this. I haven't really decided yet, uh, ultimately. But we will, sure enough, spend... Um, probably 12 or 13 weeks, depending on how we get through it. Uh, the book is not real long itself. It's uh, Chapters are fairly short, so we should be able to do, you know, one or two chapters, depending on where we are for the week. So that could potentially come down the chute that we only do eight or ten episodes. I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to map it out for me right now, but uh, I don't really have a uh, definite amount of time because – like I said, I want to keep the shows at about 30 minutes, so that really puts a damper on overloading content. And I think it's easier, too, if you, you know, you're not being overloaded with content, you're able to uh, enjoy the episodes a little bit better. So we've got Ecclesiastes on tap for this next segment of, the, of our Least of These series, and we will be uh, then continuing with our theme through the wisdom books after this and unpacking that for you as well. Once we're done with that, then we'll probably move over and hit the minor prophets, minor prophets, Zechariah included in that. And after that, then we're going to look at a couple New Testament letters uh, that are probably misrepresented or underutilized in the pulpit. So we've got a lot on our plate. We've got a long ways to go. I, I hope that this series takes us uh, for for you know many 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 months. You know, I'm just looking at it now. This Ecclesiastes is 12 chapters long. This could very well take us all the way to Easter. Uh, we will break around um, Easter time. I, I don't know if we're going to do all 10 weeks um, or nine weeks or however long we're in it. How many Fridays there are? But we will we will do. Uh, a series on the life of Jesus that will kind of mirror what I'm preaching on in my church. Then we will look at the uh, Holy Week, and we will have an episode that drops uh, on Thursday, Friday, and then on Easter Sunday. So we will uh, tackle the subjects and deliver the content as it comes. And uh, once we're done with Easter, then we'll move back into wherever we are. So we might just kind of you know, I might just use Ecclesiastes between now and Easter, and then we'll go into Lent. So it's a good possibility. That way we don't have to stop halfway through a book for a series or rush a book for the next series or anything like that. So I want to ensure that we're taking our time and doing our due diligence and walking ourselves through this text because a lot of this stuff is uh, can be you know a little bit difficult to just on the surface deal with. So we will do our best to make it simple for you to listen and understand and enjoy. You know, that's kind of the, that's the whole basis that I do this show is I want this content to be 
um, you know, not only edifying but enjoyable for you that you can uh, just sit and listen and be like, boy, I really didn't know that. Or I, you know, I knew that and it, it's nice to hear it again. Or um, that's a different perspective. You know, whatever it may be. I just hope and pray that this show, this series that we've been doing these last few months is edifying. And I hope you guys enjoyed the Advent series. Uh, it kind of was all over the board in terms of topical conversations, but I think we tried, We I think we stayed pretty true to it uh, through the end as we, uh, without you know, we, we walked through kind of Christ and Christmas and then we looked at um, the text and we we did a Christmas Eve service uh, sermon on uh, the shepherd's perspective, and then we had a Christmas Day where I uh, went and looked at Isaiah nine. If you want to hear that, it's actually going to be on my Instagram uh, channel, so you'll be able to go to my IGTV and and hear the whole sermon. It's only about eleven minutes long, so it's not a long sermon, um, but it was a beautiful service because we were able to. Um, have it in the dark, you know, it was pre-dawn and we had uh candle lights and then we just had our, cri- the lights around the church that we did for decoration for Christmas lit. So there was, and I, we might've had the altar light on too, but you know, the overhead lights and that, that were all off. And so it was nice and kind of that dark ambience to it. It was a beautiful service. Uh, it wasn't real long. I think it was about 35, 40 minutes long total, but uh, absolutely beautiful service. And I can't wait to do it again next year. So if you're Swedish and you're in the area of my church, by all means, come join us Christmas Day next year. Uh, it'll actually be on a Sunday this year, so that's going to be interesting as well. So uh, I'm kind of rambling, but it's been a while uh, that I've been able to sit down and record. There's a lot coming. Uh, today's episode is obviously going to drop on a Friday, which means that's the end of the year. This is going to be New Year's Eve, and that means tomorrow which is Saturday, which is the first of the year, we were dropping a bonus episode, and we have Nick from Christ is the Cure, Paul from uh, Peels of Thunder, and Anthony from Speak Gospel Truth coming on for a roundtable, and that drops tomorrow morning at 7 a.m., and we discuss politics in the church, we discuss Christian politics and ethics, and um, kind of the pressure from the secular societal movements towards Christianity, and we looked at kind of the climate of the church and the, the you know situation that we find ourselves in. Great episode. I really enjoyed recording with them. And I know it will be an enjoyable episode for you. So the reemergence of the roundtable, the return of the roundtable tomorrow uh, will be available for you. That is the last bonus episode I think that we may do for a little bit. I have uh, mentioned I do want to work through a... Um, collection of episodes, if you would, that are going to highlight the Lutheran aspects and Lutheran perspective of theology and help you to understand a little bit better where I come from in my in my perspectives. So that means we are going to spend some time going through the Book of Concord. We're going to look at the Augsburg Confession. We're going to look at um, the Apology to the Augsburg. You know, all of these things that you find in the Book of Concord, we will uh, walk through and we will not really get too deep, I think, into Luther's large and small catechism. We might tackle some of the topics from there uh, as they become, you know, into, into the conversation like baptism and the Lord's Supper. That will come surely through, but we won't go, you know, page by page through the uh, catechisms. Great tools and, and easy to 
uh, read through. Luther does a phenomenal job uh, just taking this, the most complex things of Scripture and making them simple for us to understand. So as we do that, um, I also want to pay respect to the Reformed uh, community and to the Calvinist community, which I have come from, and we will kind of do a compare and contrast, if you would. You know, this is what the Reformed think. This is what the Lutherans think. And, you know, where's the overlap? Where are the similarities and where are the differences? You know, I'm reading a book right now between Wittenberg and Geneva, and it, I find it fascinating because as they get into, like, the discussion on Christology, there's really not major differences between the two camps, Reformed theology and Lutherans. Uh, it comes down more or less to the sacraments that cause the big divisions, if you would. So that puts us um, into, you know, I, I, I'm going to try and start mapping this out here in the next week or two. I, I don't know when I'm going to be able to record the first episode. It could be this weekend. It could be two weeks. I don't know. But as soon as that happens, then we'll start those bonus episodes. So it might be a few weeks without any bonus episodes. But that's coming. And uh, as, as normal, you know, you guys can help sponsor the show. Uh, you know, I find it interesting that there's a lot of these ministries out there that, you know, ha- have some wonderful content. They do these year-end, you know, giving surpluses, and, and they have tons of people who contribute to them as the year wraps up. Um, you know, I'm hoping that in, in the future, as soon as school's done with me, uh, I will be able to continue to produce content, write content, and do video content and things of that nature. So we might really amplify this Undying Light Ministries, the Extra Nose Ministries, uh, and and really make that a a paramount for uh, going forward. So, But if you're interested in joining us in this journey and helping support us in this journey to get there quicker, by all means, you can come on and join us on Patreon. That's where we are right now. And you can get in for as little as a dollar a month. I have, and I'm still working on building some tiers and getting the uh, annual uh, memberships put in place. That is something I am actively working on. So I I hope to have that resolved quick. Christmas really was um, quite hectic. These last three weeks have just been, you know, crazy. We've had terrible storms. We've had um, some issues with just power and things like that here in the town. Um, you know, and then Christmas came on, we had a ton of things going on in the church. And then my two kids got sick this past week. So, I mean, it has been like crazy galore, uh, busy for these last three or four weeks. And so, uh, as January is kind of my quiet month, I'm going to dig into some of that, uh, some of that work for you. As well as you can always catch my sermons on, uh, Spotify now. I've been uploading my sermons there. So you, if you want to hear my sermons without having to go to YouTube or anything, you can catch them on Spotify at Stratford Lutheran Church. And uh, we've got all the way back to Genesis chapter 1 loaded. So we have all of Genesis uh, up till the 22nd chapter. And then we bro- took a break through Advent. So I've got the four Advent uh, Sundays on there. And then I'm going to be uploading Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and the day after Christmas uh, this week. So Uh, We've got a ton of content there already, so by all means, come join us there. I think that's like the big big commercials, right? Um, Come join us on Patreon if you're interested in supporting us. 
what we're going to be doing going into the next year in terms of the show outline. We'll be focusing heavily on the wisdom books and, uh, that's kind of what I got, you know, we're going to, I do still want to do this Lutheran and, and reformed, you know, uh, bonus series. And hopefully that will help, uh, kind of walk us through some of the, the thoughts and the differences and things like that. So, uh, I was kind of wrestling this morning with where I wanted to go with this particular series on the least of these. And I, I was thinking, well, you know, I'd said before the break, we're going to do, uh, Zachariah. And I, I was really convinced that I wanted to do it, but I'm like, you know, we've, you know, kind of just, we, we did a book of wisdom with the song of Solomon. And then we took a break from that. Now we're going to do Ecclesiastes. And I think that we might do uh job next and then do uh Proverbs maybe, and then Psalms. So I, again, everything's always up for debate. We can always move things around and change things as they come across. But I just, I was, I kept being drawn back to Ecclesiastes and I find it to be a fascinating book because it, it, it really gives kind of a darker perspective of life. You know, I mean, the way uh, the preacher writes this, uh, as we will get into who that person is, as he writes this, uh, it really just shows kind of the, the accumulation of everything in his life. So if you didn't know this, the book was written about 930 BC. This was at the end of Solomon's reign. And guess who wrote it? King Solomon. He's primarily charged as the author of this book. Uh, but we will see the preacher who is Solomon. We'll see King David. We will see the wise and the foolish. We will see the messenger uh, when we get to chapter five. And then we'll have high officials and laborers and the creator. So those are the people that are uh, going to be talked about in this particular book. And the places are pretty simple. It's uh, the kingdom of Israel. It's Jerusalem and the temple. So uh, there's not a lot of you know traveling or anything. So obviously there's no... Um, warnings or anything like that that would be coming through like the mouth of a prophet of impending doom and destruction upon Israel. It is simply Solomon, you know, you could say lamenting in some aspects or exclaiming his perspective of life. Uh, and, and I think really verses one and two is we'll get into it here uh, later. Most of this episode, I think it's going to be focused just on the introduction, but uh, episode or verses one and two really um, kind of laid out clear for us, kind of the the tone, if you would, that we're going to take in this book. Uh, verse one is the words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. And so you might ask yourself, well, what is vanity? What is the definition of this? And um, you can traditionally change it as a puff of air or breath of vapor. Uh, and then it ranges in, you know, f- anywhere from meaningless, uh, or actually bring up my definition here, uh, from meaningless to nothingness, emptiness, useless or futile. So it is <laughs> basically what Solomon is saying is, uh, vanity of vanities, all is vanity that means everything is empty. Everything is nothingness. Everything is useless. That's. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burroughs Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Kind of a, a dark tone to set the book, but uh, you'll see how he kind of, ex- you know, demonstrates this throughout the, the writing and we'll really get into it as we go along. But um, I think it's a fascinating book because it, it helps us to really uh, see and understand that being a Christian and especially here, being a Jew in this time period, uh, you you weren't given perforated treatment. You know, you, you didn't uh, walk around without any illnesses or any sores or you know any sort of poverty issues. Or I mean, you weren't promised earthly material wealth and health by being a chosen Jew or a Christian. You're just not. And so I think Ecclesiastes helps us to recognize that there is a darker side to life. Uh, there is illness and there is death. There is all of these things that plague us as humans, but that's what makes us human as well. So uh, the the reality of it is, is that we have, um, you know, sin entering the world in Genesis chapter three. And because of that sin, we now you know, experience this darkness. But, uh, you know, if you go back and listen to the Advent series, then you will um, surely hear that as we walked through John 1, the demonstration of the light coming into the world and not being overtaken by the darkness. So uh, in Christ, we have this light and that light helps us to overcome this darkness. So while we might, you know, have similarities to this preacher, to Solomon. And we might experience some of these terrible seasons as he will demonstrate, um, in this letter. We know that that's not the 
end force. It's not the final marker against us. It is uh, we are we are left to, with Christ and able to uh, utilize that as our uh, foundation. So the purpose behind this book is this is literally uh, what he writes is is this life without God. This this purpose is that if we have if we do not have God, uh, it's empty. Life is pointless. It's empty, uh, and the only rescue from such emptiness comes from God, as He brings us to fear, love, and trust Him and His Word. So, without God, life is meaningless. It is empty and pointless. And with God, we have meaning, value, and truth and love. Uh, we will see a lot of law in this for the natural man. Life and success of no real. Uh, significance, foolishness hastens destruction, and essentially life is dissatisfying. Uh, we will see some gospel themes spring up in this book, favoring us on account of Christ, the Creator graciously provides for us in every season and time by bringing us to fear, love, trust in Him, and He gives us true wisdom. So there's always going to be a law and gospel theme, and and we'll talk a little bit more about that as we get into the Lutheran series, like how to... Lutherans read the Bible. We always will read and preach it from a perspective of law gospel and having a right balance of both, uh, really does bring the congregant to conviction of their sin. It makes them repent. And, uh, you know, not in the sense that repentance is their work, but repentance is the work of God working in them to take them away from that sin. Uh, so, cause again, you know, a little side note, I mean, if you're addicted to alcohol and you don't believe in Jesus, but then you're like, oh, I should stop being an alcoholic because this preacher's telling me that it's bad. Turning from that sin doesn't automatically make you saved. It's the belief in Jesus Christ. So uh, we'll get into some of that, um, you know, as we get into that portion of the conversation deeper. But, uh, you know, if you've noticed, every time we open a book, do an introduction on the book, we always have a law and a gospel theme to help us see what are the struggles that are going to be in this book? What are things that are going to confine us into how we should live our lives? And then what frees us from the latter essentially of theology, which I actually preached on it this Sunday, um, talked a little bit about moralistic spirituality and uh, the latter theology, which is prevalent in preaching today. It's do these things and you'll make God happy type thing. So go and check that sermon out. It will be up on Spotify, hopefully here this week. Otherwise, it's on our YouTube channel right now. So reading Ecclesiastes' whole body is filled with delight. The aroma is so good, so tempting, it merited a closer look. At the jar's edge, the scent overwhelmed him. He settled down and gorged himself with sticky sweetness, but then he could not put it away. Although the beat of his wings until they buzzed, the owner... The ointment clung to him and drew him down to silence. Similarly, Solomon's pursuits and experiences drew him down like a fly stuck in the uh, proverbial ointment. Though he had greater wisdom than all and greater wealth than most, in the end he could not even enjoy them. Ecclesiastes records how Solomon viewed life and its pleasures as a trap that brings deadly silence. Yet Solomon breaks this silence by calling out at the end of the matter in chapter 12, wisdom's abiding treasures, the fear of the Lord. He even anticipates the hope of the resurrection as we will dig into chapter 12 at the end. 
So writing, setting, and perspective. So according to uh, the Christian and Jewish tradition, Solomon wrote this song early in his reign. Uh, Proverbs towards the middle of his reign and uh, Ecclesiastes at the end. So if we remember, Solomon wrote at the very beginning, Song of Solomon. Uh, and then towards the middle wrote Proverbs and now at the end wrote Ecclesiastes. Statements from this book. And from 1 Kings chapters 1 through 11 fit well with these themes in Ecclesiastes. For example, Solomon strayed from the Lord later in his life because he allowed his many adulterous wives and concubines to lead him into idolatry. That's found in 1 Kings 11. The writer crashlessly describes his pursuit of power and pleasure, which only lead to emptiness. This could explain the dis desperation, even unbelief, expressed repeatedly in Ecclesiastes, which seems depressing with its droning, negative outlook. As I mentioned, this book can come across as dark and hopeless, as even the word vanity means nothing. Everything is nothing. All is nothing. Everything, it, it's, it's a very bleak outlook as Solomon is getting close to the end of his life, realizing that the the wealth and the pleasures that he has experienced, it all means nothing. This negative outlook, outline, uh, this negative outlook reigns true with our bitter experiences and the key feature in Ecclesiastes. However, the book's conclusion pulls the reader back from the brink of despair with the firm confession of God's care and wisdom. Solomon offers hope that there is more to life and the and in the one greater than Solomon, Matthew 12, 42, readers can find the fulfillness of wisdom in life embodied. Jesus Christ is the answer to those questions and the mysteries that Ecclesiastes poses about life. So again, we will we will experience this dark trudge through this book, but in the end, uh, as he wraps up chapter 12, we will get uh, the gospel message wrapped into a beautiful bundle and it will pull us away from the uh, from the brink of despair. So here's what Luther writes on Ecclesiastes, and we're going to utilize some of his works uh, as we uh, go through this particular book. I've got his writings on Ecclesiastes. Uh, I've got his preference or his preface on it as well. And so we will, um, it will, you know, we'll get into what, how he views things um, here pretty quick, uh, more likely next week. Uh, this book is called in Hebrew the Ko Kohilith. I probably butchered that. I apologize for all you Hebrews, Hebrew speakers out there. That is one who speaks publicly in a congregation. This means a congregational assembly assembled together, that which in Greek is called the Ecclesiasa. Or, ugh, my apologies for that too. Uh, now this book ought to really have a title to indicate that it is written against the free will for the entire book tends to show that the council's plans and undertakings of men are all in vain and fruitless. And they have always have a different outcome than that, which they will, that which we will in purpose. The Solomon would teach us to wait in confident trust and let God alone do everything above and against and without our knowledge and counsel. Therefore you must not understand. Therefore you must not Understand this book to be reviling God's creatures when it says all is vanity and striving after wind. For God's creatures are good, Genesis 1, verse 31, and 2 Timothy 4, 1 Timothy 4, 1. I'm um, sorry, yeah, 4, 4. And this book itself 
says that a man shall be happy with his wife and enjoy life, Ecclesiastes 9.9. It teaches rather that the plans and undertakings of men and their dealings with the creatures all go wrong and are in vain. If one is not satisfied with what is presently at hand, but wants to be their master and ruler for the future, that's how it always goes backwards. So that a man has had nothing but wasted toil and anxiety, things to turn away as God wills his purposes and not as we will or we purpose. To put it briefly, Christ says in Matthew chapter 6, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will have its own anxiety. It is enough that every day has its own evil. This saying is really the interpretation of the content of this book. Anxiety about us is in God's affair. Our anxiety goes wrong anyhow and produces nothing but wasted toil. Boy, that's a beautiful little summarizing of this book. I'm very excited again to get into it, and uh, I'm very hopeful that it will be entertaining and educational for you. So the challenges to readers here, I always like this little section, challenges for readers, um, and then we're going to get to the outline and we're going to wrap up today's show. So here's the challenges. Dating and authorship. Some critics challenge the traditional view that King Solomon wrote Ecclesiastes. They point out that Solomon was never actually mentioned in the book in references to the quote-unquote king over Israel in Jerusalem. They do not appear after chapter 1. They conclude that Ecclesiastes must be a later must be from a later author. However, the book's content fits well with what we know of Solomon's life and reign. And this book is also clearly unified language, content, and themes. Uh, Loan words, some scholars believe that the form of Hebrew in Ecclesiastes is from a time well after that of Solomon. They refer to terms they regard as uh, Persian. And the date of the book from the time of Judah's exile, 6th century or later, however, the Solomonic era is known for its peaceful international trade, so the appearance of foreign terms or unusual forms uh, in Solomon's Hebrew is understandable. Also, biblical Hebrew shows northern and southern dialectal differences. Northern Hebrew is influenced by nations in its northern borders. The expressions of wisdom, the certain terms preferred in wisdom literature can be confusing to English readers. In the epilogue, uh, critics have maintained that a later editor added uh, the final verses in chapter 12. However, the opening one through uh, the opening chapter with the first 11 verses and the conclusion reflect similar themes in unity. And so that is the challenges uh, and and here's some of these blessings that we will get out of this book. Whereas much of the scripture describes life in the viewpoint of heaven, Solomon provides a very earthly human perspective of Ecclesiastes all under the sun. The book connects powerful connects powerfully with our frustrations and disappointments as well as our fears about life and eternity. Despite all the sad points of wisdom and now experience, Solomon ends in a very clear word of hope. In this way, the book illustrates the unconquered good news of God's mercy and grace. It affirms the meaningless or the meaningfulness of life's basics, the pleasure of youth and good health, honest work, and the love of a faithful spouse and the works of eternal life with God. So those are the blessings that we will obviously get from this book. 
And and as I you know said in the early portion of this show, this book can be bleak, but there are very beautiful images of hope that Solomon will cultivate out for us. So uh, as we get into this outline, it's broken into essentially three major, uh, technically four if you get if you include the conclusion. So we'll say four major divisions. So the first division is the prologue, without God, all is vanity. And that summarizes uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. Then we get into uh, verse 12 in chapter 1, and this will take us all the way through chapter 6, verse 12. And this is only God gives meaning to life. And then we get into the divine wisdom enables you to live wisely. This is uh, chapter 7, verse 1 through 12, 8. And that will essentially round us out. The conclusion is the last uh, five verses in chapter 12, to fear God and obey his commandments. And so we will, uh, as we get into the two major divisions, uh, between divisions two and three, we will see that only God provides meaning in life. Uh, We will see the vanity of wisdom, the vanity of pleasure, both wise and foolish, both the wise and the foolish will die. Human labors are in vain. God alone gives meaning to life. God gives a proper time and a purpose to every activity. Uh, what God does endures forever. God will be the judge. People will suffer injustice, but believers have hope, wisdom, God, or worship God in fear and faith. God alone gives joy in life. So that's the second major division there. And then the third is wisdom versus folly. This starts in chapter seven. Sin has corrupted relationships. Wisdom about human authorities. The wicked receive human praise. The worst, the righteous suffer. The wicked prosper. The righteous and the wicked will physically die. Those who, those still alive have time to repent. For those dead, it is too late to repent. God desires that we enjoy life. Victory goes to the humble, foolish, and wise leadership. Perform your God-given vocation. Uh, and we'll, we'll probably spend a good chunk of time on that. That's uh, verse 11, or chapter 11, verses 1 through 8. And then in your youth, rejoice and believe in your creator. So that is the introduction to Ecclesiastes. There's a lot happening in this these 12 chapters, but I pray that we can uh, dig through them and, and unpack what is going on here and hopefully provide uh, some enjoyable content for you to listen to. So that's going to wrap up today's show. Again, we, we kind of had it started with a lot of introductory stuff um, or a lot of like, you know, updates and, and news of things coming. And then we just did a basic outline of the introduction of this book. Next week, we will shorten the first half of stuff and we'll dig into uh, chapters probably one, maybe two, depending on where we get through. But again, I want to try to keep it at about that 30-minute format, maybe give or take a few, depending on how we go. But that is going to wrap us for today. Again, tomorrow, roundtable, return of the roundtable comes to you. Uh, it is, it'll be available on all major platforms at 7 a.m. And then we will go back into our regular series going forward. So thanks guys for tuning in. I hope this has been enjoyable and edifying for you in this series. It certainly has taught me a lot of the old Testament and I'm still learning. So I'm very blessed to be through this and, uh, I hope to see you next week, guys. God bless and take care.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.